experts welcome everybody this is episode i don't know of our conjuring universe series we're getting to the end we We are yeah we're in we're in the weeds now we're in the like there are no rules where we've gone that's right we're in the home stretch it's just like we just have to power through we're we're going at this point, it has almost nothing to do with the. It has nothing to do with the movie The Conjuring at all. It has almost nothing to do with the Warrens. It really is just a totally made-up movie, except for that the nun has been popping up, scaring us since The Conjuring too. Since The Conjuring, although you could argue that maybe she makes an appearance in The Conjuring One. There is a valid looking figure that comes about during the exorcism. I know, but I just thought that was Bathsheba. Bathsheba <sighs> looks a lot like the nun. Bathsheba definitely looks a lot like the nun. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the nun today. We have watched The Conjuring. We watched Annabelle. We watched The Conjuring 2. We watched Annabelle Creation. We watched A Haunting of Connecticut in there somewhere. We didn't even have to do that. Was extra credit. That was extra credit, and it has opened up a can of worms for us personally. Oh yeah, we I we'll get into it, but we it opened up doors that we never expected. We never expected, but you know we are walking right through them. Yes, when God closes a door, He opens a window, and I jumped out. When God closes a door, Satan opens a trap door. That's right. And I fell through right into his trap. But we are excited to announce that hopefully we'll, I mean, we're going to have a guest in a couple weeks. So stay tuned. Really, really exciting one. It's really exciting. Really exciting. Yeah. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, so stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, we actually did try to get another guest on the show relevant to this episode, but that fell through and, uh, that was, we got pretty close though. That was Bonnie Aaron's, the actress who plays the nun herself. Yeah, we failed it. We failed, but you know what? She's a busy woman. She's a movie star and like, (laughs) yeah, she's, anchoring a franchise she is the titular character in a huge blockbuster horror movie and she has like another new movie coming out that's like really like making right that's what she like she has a new movie that's coming out yes uh she is overwhelmed with press for at the moment it's called jacob's wife and i think it premiered at south by southwest um, but there is a nun too planned, so she's going to be in that. But we did really want to talk to her because she also um, uh, was 
in Mulholland Drive. Yeah. As one of the scary people behind the dumpster. The dumpster, which I was, I was like very surprised to find out that that was the nun and that the nun was that vision or creature she's, or whatever it is. She's also in the Princess Diaries. Oh, really? In a very glamorous role. Yes. Um, and I think what's so cool about her is um, she has like such an unusual look and the stories are that like through her career, different people told her to like get a nose job or get whatever. And she just, she didn't do it. And she just like plugged away. And I mean, she's... I mean, she's very beautiful, I she think. She is very beautiful. She's got a very, I mean, yeah, she has a striking face. It's, and it, yeah, she, I think her nose is perfect. It's I like, think, yeah, everything about her is perfect. Yeah. But you know what's, um, so, it's like just the classic thing of casting people or, you know, whoever they want to sand everybody down and make everything like homogenous. And it's like, you can't yeah. succeed unless you look like everybody else, but you succeed by being yourself and being unique and different. And I think it's awesome that she recognized that in herself. And I think it's an inspiration, so cool. honestly. Yeah. Cause like it is inspirational. And also like, she has this like regal, beautiful, look that like she just wouldn't have if she just got like a little like button nose or whatever people like want wanted her to get I always feel so upset about Jennifer Gray I mean I don't want to make a big deal about it because it's her choice but that nose job was a heartbreaker for it was substantial and I feel like a real learning lesson in my formative years yeah don't do it I mean, Dirty Dancing was huge for me as a kid. Yeah, me too. And it's like, she doesn't look like that anymore. You don't, it's, she's unrecognizable and she's beautiful in that movie. Mm-hmm. Are you drinking a lavender soda again? Yes, I am. Looks really good. It I'm drinking really good. this trash Diet Pepsi. It's definitely not the same. No, that, but that, the Diet Pepsi looks good though. Sometimes you need something like that to like clear everything out. I mean, it's like, I, I drink one Diet Pepsi a day. It's like your cup of coffee. I also drink a cup of coffee. I drink a lot of stuff. <laughs> I drink a lot of stuff too. Yeah. Um, I made a matcha latte today. Oh boy. I like to make drinks at my house. Do you have like a special bowl and like a special whisk to make it? I got the whisk and like the little measuring thing and the spoon as part of like a gift set for it a long time ago. So then I just buy like the bags of matcha. But like I, I, I don't put it in a special bowl. I'll whisk it up in any kind of bowl, but I've been whisking it with tea mm. instead of just water, like warm water. So if I whisk it up with like a green tea and then... I mix some sugar in my almond milk. Ladies and gentlemen, it's like, take me to a boba tea place. That's like a drink. That's like a $4 drink. Yeah. More maybe. Maybe more. I mean, that's great. I always feel very smug when I make myself a fancy drink at home and it costs me pennies. 
Yeah. And I know that if I bought it out in the world, it would be like, yeah, four or six dollars. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I bought, I also bought a drink today that was, should have been free. And it was like, actually it was because I used points, but it was, Uh, I bought a Starbucks drink. I'm just like a big pile of trash. Starbucks, Diet Pepsi. You're like whisking matcha, lavender soda. I've really got a lot of catching up to do. You know, no, you're perfect. Just like Bonnie Aaron's. You you. have to be yourself and acknowledge the perfection that you hold inside yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I do. Um, Can I have one more thought about her? Yes. Because I want to agree that she is a very regal beauty. She also is not afraid to be completely fucked up and grotesque. She seems to have no ego about looking like a complete scary fucked up freak and I love that about her I think it makes her more beautiful to me and I love if you like look on her Instagram or you just look her up looking like her tagged photos people get tattoos of the nun people like there's fan art there's all this stuff and you'll see her commenting on it like oh my gosh this is beautiful or <laughs> i love it or like sometimes she'll put it in her stories or whatever she's and an artist respect she's- respect respect oh yeah well she loves i mean what's she gonna do be ashamed of the role that made her famous come on i certainly hope not <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just picked up my phone to go look at her Instagram, which is probably not what I should be doing right now, but I have to see it. You got to see it. You got to. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Um, okay. So like, do we, okay, let's talk about the movie. Yeah. Let's talk about the freaking nun. It came out in 2018. It was written by Gary Doberman, part of his ongoing longstanding collaboration with James Wan that started on the Annabelle movie. I don't know if you looked up this guy's writing credits, but it is pretty crazy. I uh, wanted to know where Gary Doberman met James Wan. And I came across this article in like uh, his hometown paper where he talks about going to a screening of The Conjuring and meeting James Wan there and talking to him. And then like months later, he needed someone to write Annabelle. So they reached out to Gary Doberman. And it's like, wow, what did, he must've really impressed him (laughs) at like a post screening meet and greet. Like, what the fuck do you say? Like, isn't that everybody, everybody acts at those things like that is going to happen to them. Like if they just like say the right thing. Oh, I know. That's like everybody's like fantasy that like you're going to like make such a have such a connection with someone that they're going to be like, you, I need you to make my next project happen or something. And it, I mean, I guess it happened for this guy. So I mean, good. it happened for this guy. And it's like it, it, every time I hear a story like that, I always think like, that's not real. That never actually happens. But here we go. He wrote Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, It. The Nun, The Curse of La Lorna, Annabelle Comes Home, It, Chapter Two, and then he's working on Salem's Lot. A ton of movies. Yeah. And like, 
that, that that movie really like turned his life around because before that his last credit was in 2008 and it was for something called swamp devil that does not look like it cost a lot of money to make and i have never heard of before i'll just say that i think he was like a um like a staff writer for whatever uh cheap movies that get made for like sci-fi or something you know like he makes like three movies like that look like tv movies or something yeah bruce dern was in swamp double them i mean so not too shabby (laughs) um gary doberman also went to temple college as another christian screenwriter in our it has to be a christian for this i mean it just has to be it really does i I mean honestly it seems like shocking but how many like christian horror writers are just are out there christian horror screenwriters probably not too many honestly I would really be interested in seeing some data on that for sure. I mean, I feel like they all have written a Conjuring movie. <laughs> what is, what's Stephen King's relationship with um, God like? I mean, I don't want to hear his answer because I'm sure he's like an atheist or agnostic and has like kind of an annoying way of saying it. Or like, you know how he says it. You know, he says something about like, you know, I don't know, not having much to do with faith, but trying to be a good person, something like that. But these movies, like, they exist in the world of Christianity. And, like, you have to be Christian to, like, even work on it, it seems like. I'm excited to ask our guest about his relationship with God. (laughs) I literally can't wait. And I feel like that's such an inappropriate question, but we have to ask it because we have to we ask gotta it. know. It's only inappropriate if it's out of context. And in this case, it's definitely within the context. Oh, definitely within context. I mean, we would ask Bonnie Aarons if she knew like what her relationship to faith was. I would ask anybody. If you were a per if you were like a devout Christian, would you have an issue doing a movie about demons and exorcisms? Like, um, is it more blasphemous for Jim Caviezel to play Jesus Christ for the bigoted, um, anti-Semitic Mel Gibson than to be, it, like, a demon in the nun? I mean, I really don't know because, like, to me, any like, portraying God in any capacity is, like, blasphemous. <laughs> um, and, like, I, I don't understand why it's okay to, like, I mean, I get it, but it's like, is it okay for him to play Jesus? I don't know. I guess so. These movies, I also feel like there's like a part of Christianity and forgive me if I'm wrong, where it's like, whatever you have to do to convince other people to be Christian, just do it. So like, yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing with the Crusades. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah. Um, But like, uh, I feel like that spirit indoors and uh so if they feel like this is going to make people turn christian because they're so afraid of valak that i feel like a lot of christians would do it okay 
the nun I feel is part of like the Dracula tradition it's like in the world of the omen there's a bit of um black narcissus we definitely got some omen yes I definitely saw this it is set in Romania love it Dracula's they shot it on location there Mm, I bet that was really step up from the Burbank back lot I don't know (laughs) I feel like it was like not an expensive choice I think that you're right about that but I would still like to go there (laughs) um I've been to Romania it was terrifying but not in this way it was terrifying I went to Bucharest which is like the big city in Romania how when when did you go there um I guess it was like 2007 so a while ago and I went with my family my mother was doing a photography project for her master's degree and she went to Romania to do it and she was like do you want to come to Romania and I was like sure so I went but they had all been there. She was with like everybody and, and she, she had been there for a while, but like, I didn't want to go for as long as them. So I came and met her at like the end of her Romanian trip. And then we went to like other parts of Europe, but Bucharest was a really, really strange place. I've never been to a country like that before. It was, um, they had had a lot of like, uh, political turmoil in that country um their president had been executed and like we saw they were like that's where they got him like they just showed you where it happened um there was that man yeah there was a lot of um graffiti I saw like fuck NATO graffitied on everything there were stencils of Osama bin Laden um a lot of Osama bin Laden stuff it was weird and uh it was just it was very there was not very much to do it was very sprawling there were a lot of packs of dogs walking around in the street that sounds like a really intense um trip and reading or like watching documentaries about about Romania it um yeah it sounds like a lot to kind of take in did you ever see that movie Children Underground no it's a documentary from like the early 2000s so the president that you mentioned one of the things that he did was outlaw any form of um birth control or like abortion or anything and he was trying to like increase the population of Romania and all that they really succeeded in doing was I mean an entire generation of people who were born that didn't have uh the to people who like didn't want or have the means to take care of them so they opened these state-run um like orphanages and it was a generation that was brought up like without being held or like going through like the normal human things that people go through. And then after he was like ousted and murdered and um, 
or executed. Uh, all of the, like these kids just didn't really have anywhere to go and there wasn't anything for them to do. So like groups of these kids lived in the subways, um, like just in, in the streets and yeah, it there is. were so like large groups of, there were so like groups of like kids together out in the streets when I was there. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's horrific. That must um, have been really scary to see. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, it was definitely disturbing and I just like, didn't want to be there anymore basically, oh. which is like a, such a privileged, like bitch thing to say, but like, um, my because my mother spent most of her time there in um like outside of the city where it's very rural um but this one place was just like it was just like it had very it just felt very uncomfortable to be there yeah I I bet I still would want to go there, I think. Uh, and if I were filming the movie The Nun, I would be like, yeah, let's go. Let's go, yeah. Because um, maybe that's my bitch thing to be like, well, they would take care of me. I would be who okay. Who would? Huh? Who would take care of you? The, the studio. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's too much of a liability to have someone get killed on the set of your nun movie. No, I don't think anybody's going to get, I, I never felt the whole time I was there, like I was going to get killed or like, I was even going to get like pickpocketed, which I think was like, probably like the biggest risk from the children. Mm -hmm. I just felt like actually most of the people that I encountered seemed to really want to cater to me and they didn't understand why there was like a 20 year old American there like on vacation basically they were like why are you here um there were I mean there's just like not a lot of tourism in Bucharest but um you know I'm glad I experienced it I'm glad that I've been to a place that isn't just like a like a lovely part of like London or something yeah yeah, yeah see a little to see more of the world I've seen the I've seen the world well, that one play part of it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so should we talk should we talk about the the story of the nun okay yeah let's talk about the nun okay so with the movie the nun starts there is something spooky going on we're in romania we're in a castle it turns out it's an abbey and there's like screams in the halls and they walk down the halls and there's all these cru like crucifixes and then they go to this door and there's something on the door that's like god doesn't live here anymore or whatever it says <laughs> and they open up the door and one of the nuns gets sucked in like clearly the devil the devil yeah. in there and then the other nun, she runs out and we see later that she commits suicide. Yeah, she jumps, she jumps out of a window and has a noose around her neck. Yes. So, and that was, I thought, uh, that thought felt a little omeny to me. 
It's a little bit omeny, and they are also doing the that black narcissus shot where she's like standing on the edge of the building and there's like the map painting and you see how far down it all is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, so and that's a that's about an abbey of nuns in like Nepal and they get like overcome with like sexual desire and they go insane like one of them goes insane you know I felt like this movie was very sexual I thought this was the most sexual of the conjuring films I I totally agree what gave you that vibe most of all um okay so I would say that the first um my my when I first was like oh this is like all about sex probably when um, the little Farmiga girl, <laughs> the other Farmiga girl, I don't remember her first name, Tessia, Tessia, <laughs> takes off the back of her like nun dress and starts getting whipped by the devil. And she's like, uh, uh, like that was, I felt like that was a pretty sexual moment of the film definitely sexual also like her not taking her official vows and like going to that hot french guy's trailer or whatever and he's like oh and he's like smelling her and like like looking her up and down and everything and it's like actually she's a nun he's like oh no i didn't realize i know he's a lot of like edging going on yes he's constantly telling her like what a shame it is that she's gonna be a nun and because uh, she's so hot, etc. I also felt like all horror movies, it made me think that they're all about sex because the demon is like teasing out this big, everyone's always like, why is this demon not just killing the person in like one second? Like, why do they take a whole movie to like slowly torture a person and do a bunch of scary things before they finally have this like big explosive possession. And it's such a, it's like such a seduction. It felt, it feels like it's a, it feels like it's like a parallel to that. I think that you're right. And do you think that that is why we often see young girls like kind of in that um just barely post-pubescent stage like being possessed like in like in movies or like when people really say they're possessed it's like usually young girls like that uh well I guess I'm thinking more about movies like The Exorcist or even Annabelle Creation they did that and um I guess those are my only two examples Conjuring 2 Conjuring. All of our film references are Conjuring movies. Um, Yeah, I do. I do think so. I mean, I think it might have something to do with it. I feel like it has something to do with like, there's like always a sexual component to like whoever is getting killed or possessed or whatever in these movies. Like um, either it's like allegorical or whatever, like metaphorical, I guess, because there's, they're like, it's about like becoming a woman if it's like a younger person or like for like just full-blown like slasher movies I think it's just supposed to be like a hot like 20 year old woman getting murdered yes and the like the famous thing of you know the virgin always 
lives the longest yeah first etc there is so much like christian um judgment placed on yeah death order and i i feel like the reason those movies are fun is because of that stuff because like even if you don't believe it it's like it has like a camp value at a certain point Mm -hmm. um which is like why Scream became so successful because everyone was like, oh yeah, like we can just acknowledge that this is what these movies are about and that's really funny. And then they've all been like that ever since to an extent, like self-aware a little bit. Right. And somehow become less self-aware as they (laughs) And then they become full-blown Christian propaganda, which then that's like even more of a delight because like, it's even better if they're, if they're not. I thought the French guy was surprisingly tasty for a movie like this. I didn't, I was like, good job casting people. Yeah. He was a real man. He was. You always they these movies always need some alpha male to be like doing the heavy lifting or pushing a cart through mud or like changing a tire or fixing well, things. Like Patrick Wilson is always doing some kind of like handyman work. Yeah. Well, the woman is like forcing them to do it. PW. What? I said, well, the woman is like forcing them to do it. It's because they're, like, obsessed with, like, heteronormative, like, marriages. Yeah. And even if they can't have a real marriage, they still want, like, their nun to have, like, a little Frenchman who's, like, kind of, like, sexually obsessed with her, but, like, in a respectful way. Yeah, just enough to, like, make them both a little hot and bothered. Yeah, but not enough to shake her faith maybe enough to give him some faith he's so happy that he found jesus maybe maybe um i do love the trope of like the villager who has to take them to whatever cursed Mm. like place this felt very gothic like classically gothic to me it felt like something from the 1800s yeah, there was um, the horse like won't go any farther because he knows that there's a demon in the abbey, which is yeah. horses always know. And then like also the first time you see the Frenchman, whose name is Frenchie, he's <laughs> like carrying like a cart of rutabagas or something. <laughs> like yeah, a- he's the one who discovers the nun who is hanging in front of the abbey. Very gruesome. That was pretty gruesome. Yeah, the nun gets a little gross. The nun gets a little bit bloody. They're working out their special effects prosthetic budget. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did you like this movie? I did like this movie. I thought it was pretty fun. I was surprised at how uh, entertained I was by it. I was like, a little bit confused by this movie. I like wasn't always a hundred percent sure what was going on. I mean, I'm right there with you, but okay. I I do love when things get gothic like this. I think it's so much more fun than like I don't know jump scares 
in a oh yeah it, I you texted me like the nun loves the shadows and she loves to her I said her favorite uh trick is pretending to be a shadow <laughs> she loves to like pretend she's a shadow and then you watch the shadow walk around and then at some point she shows up like usually in a mirror that's like the nun's thing that's her deal she loves or that. in a picture of herself behind a picture of herself but something like that Listen, if you show me an inverted crucifix, I'm a happy camper. Once they start spinning upside down on their own, I'm like, yes, thank you. When we're walking through a field of crucifixes and they're like, I don't think they're keeping anything out. I think they're keeping something in. You have my full undivided attention. Yeah. Um, I love those little uh, grave death bells. Those are a spooky <gasps> touch. And I had never seen that before where they're all ringing and she doesn't know which uh which I agree I thought that that was very good and very creepy when did you first hear about the bells in the graves um like childhood yeah me too I feel like that's a thing like spooky girls like us hear about very yeah (laughs) you that's the kind of thing yeah you hear about in like whatever second or third grade or whatever and you just run with it forever because you're like "Mm, I like it (laughs) it opens up a whole new world yeah and I still sometimes like can't sleep or like jolt awake because I'm feeling claustrophobic thinking like how would I get out of a grave (laughs) I remember uh when I saw Kill Bill volume two and she that was a very visceral experience I memorized it. I think about it. I'm like, you could get out. I tell myself that sometimes to fall asleep, like remember how she did it in Kill Bill. You have to practice those little punches. That is what you're supposed to do though. Cause I've Googled your way out of the thing. Yeah. You're supposed to like try to break it and then like close your mouth because a bunch of dirt will fall through. I've like read all these things about like how to get out. If you get buried alive, there are like a lot of like six um, feet under though. I mean, I feel like once you get out of the pine box, you you can get out of the dirt. You have to, you've got a minute to do it. Oh yeah. You've got to hurry up and get the hell out. Jesus. That makes my heart clench just thinking about it. I know. I have so many things that I really don't want to think about that I think about all the time. I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I tell you one of my favorite things about this movie? Yeah. Sister Irene. Which one was that? It's the main character, Thais Fomika. Her name is Irene, and that is my name. I know that's her name, but I just couldn't remember. I don't notice them calling her that. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's exciting, though. Not very often do I get a character in a movie who's got my name. Oh, I'm right there with you, Agnes. That's not a comment. We don't hear that one very often. No. Isn't there, um, isn't there, is there a nun movie? There's an Agnes of God, Agnes right? Of God. Is that Meg Tilly? I don't know who Agnes of God is. But um, um, it is Meg Tilly. That, it is Meg Tilly. Yeah. There that? are. I, f- I feel like there are Agnes's out there, but I don't know. I think it's pretty special that there are two movies with nuns 
one named Irene and one named Agnes. That's true. <laughs> um, and they have the same plot. Uh, my note pages, I just like, I look at it and it's full of Irene, Irene, Irene. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really have the same plot. What do you think about, how, how did you feel about the priest in this movie? Um, I, I felt like he was um, there to lend a hand. I mean, I guess, I guess, did we need two men not really no this felt like a real departure from because up until now i feel like this has been a very like female dominated franchise and Mm -hmm. even though i mean we're we're in a literal cloister here it did feel like the male characters were much more active oh did you think i i felt like i was with irene like that was my that was my way in. That was my anchor, like sister Irene, whose name I didn't know at the time. But in fairness, I didn't know anyone else's name at the time except for Frenchie because he says it constantly. He does. And it's like also kind of his catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I know is Frenchie, Irene, and Priest. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's everybody, and then the bad nun, and then the ghost nuns. That's right. And oh yeah, sister, sister Jonna, because I went to Catholic school and we had a sister Jonna. Hey, a lot of, uh, you're seeing all your old friends, yourself, the other nun, the blood of Jesus, your best friend in the world. (laughs) Okay. So that was, okay. That was where I thought, okay, this movie's out of control. With the ancient relic, the blood of Jesus crazy. Yeah. That blew my mind. I never expected that the, conjuring universe would go so far so far into traditional christian um see to me i'm like oh blasphemy but i guess it's not i guess it's not but to me that was like very dan brown (laughs) very um da vinci code (laughs) um apocryphal like there's no like are there supposed to be vials of the blood of text oh, they're the blood of jesus christ i called him the blood of text because i was thinking apocryphal text as I <laughs> are there like are there supposed to be uh, what is that i mean that is the kind of relic that would exist there's things like the shroud of turin where do you know about this where he like I do know about the shroud of he like wiped his face and then it's like supposedly had his image on it crown of thorns the nails that he was hammered like none of this stuff actually exists but especially during the middle ages like uh there i mean there were wars fought over these supposed relics well yeah and like the holy grail is like the ultimate relic that's never been found but i was just surprised that we were going there with this franchise like uh because i i guess i just sort of thought that like modern catholicism was like kind of like wanted to move on from that oh uh, catholics don't want to move on from anything i see they're 
they're yeah I feel like all they all they have is their suspicions and superstitions oh okay I don't um so yeah because at the end of the movie they they're digging around and they find the blood of Christ in like a glass Fabergé egg that she has to wear around her neck which I also thought was very sexual how whoa uh because it's like well do you know the idea that like the the holy grail like isn't actually a grail it's like mary's womb no it's something i've heard from some god knows where but this is something i've heard that people say when they're talking about probably like the discovery channel at like three in the morning um and the grail that we're talking about is like the chalice that like yeah like it's usually the last supper it's usually yeah as like a chalice but this is um another theory about it because it's like you know no one's ever found it so they think that they gave mary a hysterectomy no it is mary oh it's like mary's like body or like mary's other child or like something like that like it's just like a symbol of like mary's vagina oh hmm. is that the dan brown thing it's that jesus had a, a baby with mary magdalene right and that dan brown's thing was i don't know i did read that book on an airplane but i don't remember it was like it was that the Knights Templar, <laughs> I really don't know. And I really don't want to say, because <laughs> I don't want to say these words. I don't know what Dan Brown's thing was, but, um, but I do think that there's something to be said for like a chalice being a symbol of a vagina. For and sure, chalice I, and the blade, the famous feminist book. There we go. And I feel like her egg shaped glass container containing a long tube filled with jesus's blood was a sex thing (laughs) i think the glass was a vagina the tube was a dick and the blood was the cum basically is is oh my god and it's all in this shit it's all with i mean you know it's all I mean, right? Well, and I think feel like glass traditionally symbolizes the hymen. So glass breaking and they're being- And she has to break it. Is, yeah, because there's like the story of the Cinderella slipper um, being made of like symbolizing a hymen, like that originally the slipper was uh, made of fur. And either way, the, the print- Translation. I did a report on this when I was in like second grade. Second grade? No, I was older. I was in fifth grade, I think. I love that. I want to be, I want to know little Aggie. Well, I wasn't talking, I didn't know, I didn't say it was supposed to be a hymen. I just said it was like originally supposed to be fur, but the words are very similar in like glass and fur. So the translation, they think the translation might've been off. 
either way, I mean, it's pretty vaginal imagery. And he's like going around trying to find the one that fits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then now we're back. Sorry to bring us back to the nun. Bring us to the nun. She's got a glass vagina full of Christ's blood and the big hot Frenchie has to like break it, take out the blood and then like smear it all over the place. And that's like their power. That does definitely seem like sex to me. In a way it's sex. Okay, so the blood was the blood thing was sex at the end. What else have we got about this movie? I I don't know. I feel like this movie, like I don't fully again. It takes some wild twists and turns. I feel like it's very far removed from the conjuring, the world of the conjuring. Yeah, the connections really just come in like the last couple of minutes. And yeah. the, the big connection is that um, Vera Formiga, who plays Lorraine Warren, is real life sisters with Thaisa Formiga, who plays Sister Irene <laughs> in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are fan theories online that she grows up to be Lorraine Warren. And I don't know what, first of all, what do you think about that? Well, no. I mean, Lorraine Warren was a real person who was never like a Romanian nun or a nun at all, I think. Um, So I don't think that would make any sense for them to just like make such a big change in her life when like the whole value of these movies is that they're like supposedly real and based on true stories that are like taken from these real paranormal investigators records right i do think that just with the casting alone they're playing with the reality of it and with the idea of the because i don't think we said this before but she is an american uh like sister in training and she gets the attention of the vatican and they send her and this priest, because she has visions, like Lorraine Warren also has visions, and they send her and the priest to go to Romania to check out this nun suicide, which again, like, it's all very thin and, like, very disconnected from any... Yeah, I had a feeling that it was because, like, they were going to be related in some way, like, it was going to be her aunt or her some family member or something like that but I didn't think that they were going to have it be literally be her I think that would be a weird choice to make they might make it but I feel like they could do they there are other connections that you could have with somebody who looks like you besides being you yes and then they complicate it further with like tag at the end where Frenchie with like everything that goes down at the end of the movie like they all get away you know people get away get away and then you see that Frenchie is possessed by Valak and he's in the middle of an exorcism with Ed and Lorraine Warren and like Valak reveals itself and Lorraine Warren like freaks out and then it's the video from the first movie they're talking to an audience lily taylor is in the audience that completely connects to the very beginning 
of the conjuring and that's how they made it happen i wonder if they got some notes that they were like this doesn't actually connect to the franchise see i think that they just have someone like going through the movies and picking out different things and they're like that could be something like i don't know should we do something about the video at the beginning of the first one when they're doing the lecture i think you're right and then they're just sort of like turning it into a movie at some point and that's how they came up with this because that was like a very like thin connection it felt un i don't know it just felt like kind of like unthought out unthought out however i was happy to see it i was like yes i'm always happy to see patrick wilson i'm always happy to go back to the ridge i'm always happy to like you know, see my old friends like mom and dad and Lorraine and watch them give a lecture, which is, I wish that I went to Ed and Lorraine University and I just, that was what I had to do. Just listen to them tell their wacky tales. Yeah. I did think it was interesting that um, because we see Valak, aka the nun in Conjuring 2, she appears sort of towards the end and then there's this like Rumpelstiltskin moment where Lorraine Warren is like I know your name it's Valak and then it's like no and like the nun like melt I was like I'm melting I'm melting and in this movie Sister Irene Mm -hmm. had to sprinkle the blood of Jesus Christ himself on Valak and then it was like I'm melting I'm melting into this pentagram on the floor and it's like, I feel like the blood of Christ is more powerful than saying the name Valak. But what do I know? Like, I would think that that would banish the demon forever. Yeah. I mean, talk about blasphemy. So sorry, the l- blood of Jesus Christ can just kind of make Valak small, but still like immediately possess someone else in the room. No. We don't have a chance. We've got no hope if that's the case. But then just saying the name Valak is enough to just like make Valak totally die. I, I don't know. But maybe Valak didn't disappear. I mean, he disappeared or she, don't know. But they disappeared. But maybe that means that they're not gone. I mean, if Jesus Christ himself couldn't do it. Yeah. Then like, no offense, Lorraine. I don't think you can do it either. I I certainly didn't think so. I was shocked. Yeah. I do think that Thaisa Formiga is very good at looking scared. Yeah. Thaisa Formiga has this, like, she looks so familiar. She just has one of those faces where it's like, I feel like I've seen so many people who look like that, which I think is a good quality to have as an actress. Yeah, I think so too. Like, like looking like someone familiar. Yeah, like someone you would know, like someone you like someone you could see like existing in real life. Yeah. I love um I love her on American Horror Story. Oh yeah. I forgot she was on American Horror Story. She was in Coven. Yeah, and the first season. Oh, she's the daughter. Mm-hmm. Those are the two best seasons. I agree. Although I also liked Hotel. 
I loved hotel. I like the ones. Yeah. I think we like the same ones because the hotel and coven are the ones that people don't like, but those are my favorites. I also like cults, which is another one people don't like. I was not crazy about cult. Cult was a lot, but it, it made me feel better after Trump got elected. <laughs> it like comforted me. Cause that's what it was about. That's good. I was like, Oh, still people are making art about this. That's good. Oh, I, what about the boy that the priest, at, oh, here's what I want to talk about. The, um, I thought that it was kind of interesting that they flirted in the movie with like the reality of exorcisms. Like if you actually read about exorcisms, there are all these cases where a child is acting out or whatever. And the parents basically like, think that they are getting a demon out but they are like committing some horrific abuse Mm -hmm. on the gay happens to gay kids a lot yeah Um, it happens to gay kids like in america um yeah i don't know i i feel like i feel like that's good i mean i wonder what kind of like social responsibility they would have to me like the idea that someone would see a conjuring movie and think oh this can really happen and i need to do an exorcism on my child is it seems like a stretch but it's like there's no low too low for like the american psyche and you have no idea what someone would do <laughs> like people are so dumb here and everywhere i think yes i agree I, I think that i don't think that they actually dealt with it in like a responsible realistic way but they still kind of let that priest be haunted by the reality of what had happened like his exorcism led to the death of this boy and now it's following around him around I like that yeah it's like at least just to tell people like this is only for experts and if you're like not like a ordained unless you're Ed Warren or it's your job from the Vatican don't do it because you're gonna probably end up like abusing a child yeah I mean this is it's some it's some serious heavy duty scary stuff oh yeah for the most alpha of males much like alpha is (laughs) a little child (laughs) yeah yeah if you go one day without fixing a sink you are not qualified to do an exorcism that is that's the first question on my test yeah how often do you fix that sink (sighs) every day Every damn day. I am excited to see what happens with Irene the Nun. Maybe she does become Lorraine. Maybe she... What year was this supposed to be set? Uh, I think it was 1952. Okay. Which is also... Hold the phone. What year did Annabelle creation take place in? Uh, I don't know. I think it, that also was in the 50s. No, that's in the 40s, isn't it? Well, I think it starts in the 40s and then the girls come to the house in the 50s. So maybe Valak got banished and then like was wandering the globe and ended up in that little... Um, farmhouse but oh did valak go to the farmhouse isn't valak annabelle i don't think so 
I don't think so. I think Annabelle is like her own independent woman. Valak is the conjuring two. And oh, Valak is like obsessed with Lorraine. But I don't think Valak is the conjuring is Annabelle. Because Lorraine banishes Valak by saying his name in The Conjuring too, but at that point Annabelle is locked up in her house. That is true. All right, you know what? We've been over this, and that's that's my bad. And also, Annabelle. Spoiler alert for next time, but she will not be contained, and so like whatever demon is possessing Annabelle is still free. That is a big time spoiler. Could, I mean, Annabelle, the doll is a vessel, right? We talked about this. Could Valak take over the doll, Annabelle? No, because there's like another demon that is Annabelle. Like the demon. if that other demon like goes out of the body of the doll and is like doing its thing. Are they like um, hermit crabs or whatever? And they're like, oh, a spare, a spare shell. I mean, I think they do things that they like. Like, I feel like Valak likes being a nun. I think Valak is like, this is fucked up. Like, I'm going to be a nun. Like, everybody loves nuns except for me, the twisted nun. <laughs> and then Annabelle is like, I'm going to be a doll. And I like, I'm obsessed with like pregnant women. And like, I go to mothers and children. And like, I'm going to be a little girl and grow up and join the fucking Manson family. And then I'm going to go back in the doll. Like I'm crazy. Like that's Annabelle's thing. And then Bathsheba is like, I'm just going to stay in this one house. And like, if anyone happens to come here, I'm going to get them. But like, I'm not going anywhere. I just, I've got a great house. I have a beautiful piece of property. Yeah. Like I've got this great farmhouse in Connecticut. Like I'd be a fool to let this go. (laughs) (laughs) She just stays there. She just stays there. All yeah. right. Okay, good. It's making sense to me now. I think they all have their own like distinct personalities. Could we have the real demons of the Warren family? And it is a Real Housewives type show, but it stars all the demons. I would love it. Valak, Annabelle, Bathsheba sharing what where would they live would they live in an abbey would they live in a dusty doll <laughs> manufacturing place would they live in the conjuring house they'd live in the white house the white house mm-hmm. disturbing well that's what this did welcome to my america my <laughs> asterica <laughs> <laughs> this is a political podcast now this is chapo trap house that's right don't forget it don't forget it and definitely tweet it yeah please that's what we need what's been your favorite conjuring movie that we've watched so far i loved re-watching the first movie i think that it is very good and fun and uh I have to say, I really liked the last two. I thought Annabelle creation was bonkers and fun. And I I love anything that takes place in an abbey. So I love the nun. Yeah. What about you? God, I mean, the first one I think was the best one. And then again, the one that like I actually hated, but 
have the fondest memories of are is Annabelle one. Because like I said, even though I didn't find it a particularly like engaging experience at the time, I only remember it as being 60s Manson, Annabelle. <laughs> That's it. Even though I just watched it and then like recorded an hour long podcast about it. And I feel like that's why these movies are successful because you just sort of watch them and whether you like them or not, you, for what, for some reason, you only remember like very iconic, like images from them and don't really think much about them afterwards. Like they immediately go out of my head the second they're over. Yeah. You get a bit of amnesia. Yeah. But like, there will be like a vibe, but I know the vibe of all of them, which is good. Yeah, and they each kind of do a good job of um, emulating like a, a certain style of a horror movie or genre or something. Like there's the movies that are like Poltergeist or Rosemary, like Annabelle, Annabelle's like Rosemary's Baby. And, you know, they're kind of pulling on these iconic references and... Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like they definitely draw on iconic images or like one or like from from very famous horror movies. Um, And I don't know, I don't know the extent to which like how obvious it's supposed to be. It seems very obvious and like uh, very self-aware but the rest of the movies are so not like that. They're so earnest that it sometimes makes me wonder if I'm supposed to even be picking up on that at all. I feel like um, it's a, it like that uh, Black Narcissus shot. They're up on a hill. Like, why wouldn't you recreate that? Yeah. It, like when you see that image, whether or not you know what that movie's about, like it's it's a striking thing. Like this, this gives you that image. It's re- it's recreating these images uh, or or um, new. I mean, a lot of movies will like recreate um, images or do like visual like homages to other movies. And these movies just do it so much. And it's almost like they're not even, it's not even like they're, they're recreating a shot, a famous shot from something else or, or something. They're the whole feeling. It's like a Disneyland version of these other movies. Like it's not Rosemary's baby. These movies are completely sexless. It's just, it's just like the veneer of the movies. Like it's not Rosemary's baby. It's just like a woman in the sixties with a baby. And so you don't have to think about anything that these movies are, that those movies were actually about or like any part of them that would have made you uncomfortable or make you think about something. It would just solely be like sixties. Cool. Or like farmhouse. Okay. Or like nuns creepy, like Romania, scary. Like you don't really, um, they're very, they're like extremely shallow. Yes. It's like taking those things and turning them into memes. It's it, yeah. They're like meme movies. Yeah. Which, I mean, doesn't that idea, the idea of the meme, like come from like folk tales or it's like the information that gets passed on culturally. It's the thing that like, like Richard Dawkins has a whole thing about it. That's very 
Woody Allen Defender. <laughs> I don't know how else to put really? it. Really? What is that? Well, I haven't seen this. Oh, I think that it's like his whole, like, I don't know who it's like his, it's just like that a meme is like a piece of information that gets like passed around a lot, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he wants to use this like very specific definition and like he doesn't like the way that it's used by everybody to to I think that some some people say meme and they mean like literally like an image that you see on the internet a lot with that like large white block text on top and the bottom and like if someone says like oh it looks like a meme they they mean that like the the font or something it looks like the font that you would see on a meme Mm -hmm. and he gets upset when people refer to a meme that way or like there's like meme generators where like you can make a meme and he's like, you can't make a meme. It happens naturally. It happens when information is passed on from one person to another, like whatever, like there's a distinction there that he has like a very rigid academic view of what it is when people are like out in the real world, like actually (laughs) like, Like, like recreating an image or an idea and like putting their own stamp on it, which is like, (laughs) what that is (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah well we should have like some semiotics person come and explain all this to us I I honestly like do not find it very interesting I don't understand why I don't get it (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it I don't get why anybody would would get worked up about it I just I'm only annoyed that I know that the conversation exists yeah um but yeah like I feel like the idea I think it's true but like the I I find that idea to be like kind of depressing the idea of of like turning these images into memes and because I feel like there's a I feel like there's like a lack of intention behind a decision to use an image in that way I think that the intention is kind of is what you were saying like it's it reminds you of of these things, uh, but without the burden of really thinking about like what what they were about. That was sort of my thing with Promising Young Woman, honestly, like I felt like that was a movie that allowed, that they, they allowed the audience to allow that to be entertainment and not a, you know, a real like look at, at that actual story but perhaps I've said too much I don't know I haven't seen Promising Young Woman I've heard like wildly different things about it from different people it didn't seem particularly interesting to me um and like I told you how my new year's resolution is to not watch any new movies (laughs) did I tell you that it's not really no new movies it's just like I'm not gonna be the person who has seen everything and like talks about everything. Like, I'm not going to see everything. Like I'm going to let it, I'm going to let things go that I just don't really care about, or I'm not like dying to see. So I'm sure I'll see it at some point. Um, but I'm not going to pay 20 bucks and I don't really, I mean, I don't know when that time will come because I just don't really ever see really wanting to see it except for like out of curiosity. Cause it's such a like there's like so much, there's it's such a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but people seem to like really love it or hate it. And some people have told me that it seemed like a movie I would love. People said that to me as well. 
then I get offended because then like everybody that um because then like everybody seems to think it like is really stupid <laughs> so then I'm like I don't know what that means but we both watched Nightingale right yeah and I love N- Nightingale I did too um and I feel like I've seen a lot of like rape revenge movies I just like I don't know I'm just like I don't like, why do I, I don't know. I'm just like, okay. Like, I don't want to watch. I don't care. I think for a lot of people, it's the first movie like that they've ever seen. Yeah. They don't, they don't uh, walk on the dark side like us, Aggie. Oh yeah. I'm deep in the dark. I'm deep in the <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't tap dance with the uh, ugly side of human nature. <laughs> I tap dance with the devil and the devil <laughs> tap dances back. <laughs> Did you read that book come closer no I know I have to you keep telling me to you don't have to I mean it's just it's good um but, but the demon starts with tapping really mm-hmm. I wonder if I still have it um yeah I'm gonna have to read it I need to read something it's so fast but again you don't have you don't you certainly do not have to I will oh yeah I just opened it up and I saw some tap tap tapping. Mm-hmm. That's really scary. Irene just put on her scary Annabelle mask. And you can poke the eyes out. But why would you want to? Her beautiful eyes. So then you can put your eyes in. Yeah. Her beautiful eyes. What if I get trapped in Annabelle? Like the demon. Then you got you're gonna have some company in there. If I get trapped by Annabelle inside Annabelle. I'll haunt you and leave you notes on parchment paper. Thank you. They'll be nice. They'll be like, did you miss me? And you'll be scared. And I'll be like, it's me, Aggie. And you'll be like, oh yeah, I did. Okay. I didn't know where you went. I'm like, do you want a lavender drink? I'll be like, thank you. You have to put like a little, like carve a hole into my mouth and put a little straw in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd work. Well, Aggie. I think that we talked about the, con- or whatever this movie is called, The Nun. I feel like I've said everything. I feel like I've said my piece. Yeah, me too. Me too. This Are was going to say your prayer tonight. Yeah. Good. I think someone's listening to Christian rock really loud in my building. I don't know if you can hear it. They're trying to. They're trying to cleanse it of the evil you're pumping in. They heard the nuns screaming all afternoon, and now they're screaming back. Next week we do La Lorna, and then we keep going. And then we keep on rolling. We're not done yet, guys. There are a lot of Conjuring movies in this world. That's right. <laughs> so we'll become. Yeah. You guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Just expert on this one. Yeah, you know me. It's No fun. Open up your mouth, stick out your tongue Gonna trust the expert